One of the roles that Torah plays right now is in giving people a mirror to what they're feeling, what they're experiencing, and maybe even a window <laughs> yeah. to where they want to go. I'm Alana Steinheim, Rosh Beit Midrash and Senior Fellow at the Shalom Hartman Institute. I'm excited to share that I am the host of Texting, a new podcast where ancient wisdom meets contemporary relevance from Hartman's award-winning digital team. On each show, Hartman scholars Christine Hayes, Yona Hain, or Leora Botnitsky will join me to delve into a Torah text that offers insight and inspiration about the issues that matter to you and to our community. I got the feeling from the various explanations that the rabbis gave that God also feels broken. You can listen to texting at shalomhartman.org forward slash texting or wherever you get your podcasts. I look forward to learning with you. Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one sacred page of Talmud every day. And today's page of Talmud, Nazir 59, well, it feels like it was ripped from the headlines. So pertinent, you're not going to believe this. Have a listen to this segment. Rather, it means that a man may not wear a woman's garment and thereby go and sit among the women. And a woman may not wear a man's garment and sit among the men. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov says, From where is it derived that a woman may not go out with weapons to war? The verse states, A woman shall not wear that which pertains to a man, and a man shall not put on a woman's garment, which indicates that a man may not adorn himself with the cosmetics and ornaments of a woman. And similarly, a woman may not go out with weapons to war, as those are for the use of males. Rabbi Yochanan's ruling follows this opinion. Now, just this weekend, here in New York City, where I live, massive protests broke out over a drag queen story hour with hundreds of people on either sides clashing. And in this podcast, we have absolutely no desire to get caught up in silly culture wars. But what we do have a desire to do is recognize that these questions of boundaries and transgressions, of tradition and modernity, of desire and law, are questions that are eternal, that have been with us for a very long time and will continue to be with us for as long as there is a species. For this kind of heavy conversation, I am pulling in the big guns. He is a scholar, a teacher, a writer, and as I learned recently, also my mishpucha, Rabbi Mark Gottlieb. Welcome to the show. <laughs> oh, thank you, Liel. It's, it's nice to be with you. And uh, I love the fact that we've recently learned that we're mishpucha too. It's uh, a nice icing on, on the cake. Now, we won't uh, bore our listeners by explaining exactly how your wife's grandmother, etc., etc. But <laughs> I do want to pose this question to you because I read this stuff of Talmud and it really feels to me like with all this talk about gender and identity and drag queens, it feels incredibly pertinent. This debate about modernity and tradition, transgression and law, it's been going on for a while, hasn't it? Oh, it's eternal, as you say. And I like how you framed this issue, Leo, that it's not just about cultural wars. To talk about cultural wars only would would be to trivialize, in some sense, this question. I think Instead of culture wars, we should be asking the most elemental questions. What is the essence of a man? What is the essence of a woman? So I think it, the question moves from culture on the surface to, here's a fancy term, ontology. Like what is the, the essence or the being of the creature that we call man and the creature that we call woman? 
And and of course, these questions have been engaging humanity for, for millennia. And I think it's only in this most recent era of ours that the level of confusion or lack of clarity has gotten, you know, to the point where, you know, basic questions of, of nature, basic questions of, of essence are, are in doubt. And I think that poses lots of questions and lots of dangers, frankly, for our culture. So give us a, give us a quick sort of brief rundown of how, you know, great Jewish thinkers from the rabbis to say Leo Strauss uh, thought about these essential questions, not just of identity, but of culture and, and how are we to address shifts and trends in thinking and seeing the world? Sure. Well, if I may, I'd like to share with your audience, Liel, just two little vignettes from the lives of women that I knew that uh, very different backgrounds. One was Alice von Hildebrandt, a deeply devout Catholic intellectual and philosopher. She was on the faculty of Hunter College, of Baruch College. She actually shared a faculty position with the great modern Orthodox philosopher and theologian Michael Wishagrod. Um, so Alice von Hildebrand lived to the ripe old age of, I think, uh, just about 100 or 101. And she is one of my North Stars for this question of gender and masculinity and femininity. And the other, the other figure is a woman that I actually worked for who passed away just less than a month ago, uh, Dr. Atara Torsky, who was a distinguished mind in her own right, uh, really the leader of the Maimonides School for decades upon the death of her mother, Mrs. Soloveitchik. Um, Atara Torsky was the oldest child, the oldest daughter of Rabbi Joseph Soloveitchik and Tanya Lewitt Soloveitchik. And she she was my boss <laughs> at the Maimonides School, believe it or not. I, I was very fortunate to work for this woman. And, and what I would say is that both of these women were intellectual giants. They were both powerful forces. They had charisma. They had force of charisma and, and I would say, power even. And yet they, not for a moment, were confused or were unclear that they were feminine in the deepest sense, in the most beautiful and modest sense, but with great gravitas and, and great strength as leaders, um, one playing a more public intellectual role, and Mrs. Torsky, Dr. Torsky, playing more of a communal leader role. It just puts to lie the modern canard that tradition is, is looking to squash the strength of the woman or squash the strength of the feminine, putting her in a little box. These women defy that. They defy that. That, that is that is a debate, isn't it? I mean, look, it's so interesting to hear you say this, right? Because so frequently when you hear discussions about loaded topics of gender and sex in, in you know, modern parlance, the assumption would be that, you know, for women to make a mark, they have to excel in a very specific and, if I may, very particular masculine way, right? They have to dominate in precisely the same manner and precisely the same right. sphere as the men do. And the rabbis today, I think, and this is so interesting to hear you bring up uh, to these these two, you know, great giants that you speak of, to say, like, look, there are actually ways in which you could be enormously culturally influential and resonant and relevant and ascendant without, quote-unquote, putting on the clothes of the males and going to war in precisely this male fashion. That's right. And I think our modern Geist forgets the distinction between 
equality on the one hand, which the Jewish tradition upholds absolutely between the sexes, an absolute metaphysical and political equality of the men, men and women, but that's not the same thing as identity. Identity, which seeks to efface any of the natural and ontological, the deeper metaphysical dimensions of womanhood and, and malehood, manhood, that's the great error. And I think, you know, these two women that I was privileged to know represent the ability to lead, not just to to be, you know, witty and charming, but they were that too. They were very witty and they were very charming, but they were strong and they had a vision and they were able to actualize that vision in their institutions, amongst their friends and, and family, amongst their community. So we need a richer discourse. We need a richer vocabulary to talk about the genders, one that I think preserves the essence and the distinction between the genders. As the Gemara, the Dafyomi today, you know, clear this is a biblical injunction. This is not just a matter of cosmetics or custom. This is a biblical injunction, and it gets to, it points to a larger, deeper metaphysical truth about man and woman. So as we work towards, I, I love how you put this, you know, we, we need to recognize the essential equality that Judaism promotes, but we need a new language. So so take us on our first step. Uh, what should be the first way as we seek to, you know, address some actual underlining societal issues of historical wrongs that should be corrected, but also at the same time proceed forward in a way that isn't just perpetual warfare uh, over these identity issues, which I don't think anyone in good faith wants. Uh, how should we go forward thinking about these issues? Well, look, I think it starts with education. I think it starts with educating our children from a young age that that there are, you know, there are areas of life that tend to be more commonly the domain of, of the male and the female, but they're not exclusive. They're preferences or predilections, not not ironclad, you know, distinctions or categories that prevent people from from finding their full human expression, but to become comfortable to look at the great figures in our history from the matriarchs and the patriarchs who had different roles, but they had complementary roles. And to, to make sure that we don't feel somehow less than, that we're not living up to those standards that you mentioned before, Leo, that try to face you know the the distinctive quality of of man or the distinctive quality of woman and try to to look somehow askance well we can't we can't take pride in those achievements we can't take pride in those accomplishments that that do represent what we might call an expression of male genius an expression of female genius uh the late great pope john paul ii wrote beautifully on the vocation of womanhood and just as he drew from the Catholic tradition, Jews and, and people of all faiths or no faiths at all can draw on the history of the West to see how there doesn't have to be a battle of the sexes. Of course, there's always a battle of the sexes. That's that's part of the, the nature of the tension between male and female. But it doesn't have to be such a battle that it's destroying the goodness of manhood and the goodness of womanhood. And so I think it all starts with education. It all starts with familiarizing ourselves with the tradition, going back to the Bible, going back to the Talmud. Your this podcast is devoted to Dafyomi, just looking, you know, at Talmudic passages about the wisdom of womanhood, the wisdom of manhood. 
so I think it, it, it starts, as, as you might not be surprised, to learn with education, with learning, but also with becoming comfortable with that truth and not, not feeling somehow that there's something lacking. It, it Often, I think the pathologies of our culture come from those points, those pressure points, those pain points where we feel like we're somehow lacking, we're not achieving our own individuality. Judaism wants us to achieve individuality, but with a mind towards tradition, with a mind towards the natural and the and the metaphysical nature of who we are. Baruch Hashem, Rabbi Mark Gottlieb, thank you so much for being our guest. My pleasure. Thanks so much, Liel. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, please go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. And get your Take One merch, t-shirts, mugs, and other great stuff at tabletstudios.com. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf Yomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Tanya Singer, Courtney Hazlett, Robert Scarmuccia, and Mark Oppenheimer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic. Thank you.